Hi everyone, welcome to Irem Sotheby's Car Show, uh, and this is an episode which was recorded in our Paris uh, sale, where we did a really exciting live stream with two of our specialists, Anders Billet and Felix Archer, and that went out live, and you could watch that on YouTube, but um, this is the conversation we had, so I hope you enjoy it. So, here we are in the auditorium that I just mentioned. So this is where the auction's going to take place. Uh, in fact, this is going to be where the auctioneer is standing. Damn great big screen behind us. And uh, yes, here we are. There's the catalogue. This is the Paris sale. Uh, and gents, Felix, Anders. Uh, back in Paris. Back under the Louvre. Always nice to be in Paris. Cool venue, right? Always. Absolutely. Coolest venue. Yeah. Right in the middle, in the, like the epicenter of the city. You know, you walk upstairs and you're out, you know, Place de la Concorde and... And bistros. Lots of bistros, lots of... And it's worth saying, we thought that we would do this maybe with a, a beer or a glass of wine. Didn't happen. It's juice. It it's looks, good juice. It, it, it's good juice. It just looks like fermented red wine, but we're, <laughs> we're, 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 we're faking it. Felix liked it, though. I loved it. Yeah. I love Paris. Um, it's my favourite auction in the whole calendar. Um, but yeah, but when we go to Monaco, you're going to say that, aren't you? At Monaco. No, no, I, I, will, I will say this is the second best. Um, <laughs> no, I love Paris. It's the beginning of the year. It's the barometer of how the market's going to be yep. the whole yeah. year. Yeah. Um, and it's really nice that the other auction houses are all in town and all the dealers are all in town because it just brings so much footfall. So you see all these friends that, you, you know, the tr it's truly the beginning of the traveling circus. So hmm. it's but, but, but and what a told, circus. You haven't told us why. Why are the auctions in town? Because of? Retromobile. Retromobile. Well, we probably ought to be right now, but we're not because we're doing this. No, no, exactly. I'd rather be here. Yeah, well, I don't have an option. Oh, um, well, there's that. But, but, there's that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's such a good event. Um, and I don't think we have an event that's um, all-encompassing as, as Retromobile is. You know, you have Villa d'Este, but that's hyper-exclusive. Um, this is, you could buy anything at Retromobile, um, and it's just such a great event to be part of. And yeah. You're happier with Riff Raff, aren't you? Jim. Very much. I'm I'm a people's person. Some people are, <laughs> some people are on the top deck. I'm in the engine room. Oh, I'm, oh. I'm totally dancing on the table. I'm hanging on to the rudder. Yeah. I'm un, I'm underwater. <laughs> but so we've never done a live podcast. I'm slightly nervous. I'm just going to say that. I'm going to look, look at the camera and it's say old. I'm slightly nervous. But I've forgotten that people are watching already, so it's fine. Well, when we do the pre-recorded podcasts, a lot of people say quite interesting, bit shambolic. And I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, that's the polished version. That's yeah. uh, that's this, this, this uh, is going to be brilliant. That's <laughs> all of all of the inappropriate things edited out. All of the things that we've said wrong. All of our lack of knowledge of cars mm. is all edited out. So we kind of look. We're meant to look good. Mm. This is live, so there's nowhere to hide. Nope. No, no worrying. <laughs> you're, you're okay with that? Oh, well, look. So here we are. We're in Paris. The auction is tomorrow. Uh, preview day today. It's been busy. Uh, because it's a public preview, anyone can come in. Uh, what we haven't mentioned, actually, is that we are under the Louvre, and it is a very cool venue, and it's massive, so it's perfect for a car auction. Um, we've got um, uh, 76 cars. They've all, actually, it's worth saying, they've all, each, 76 cars, they've all had to come down here on, individually, on a hydraulic lift. Mm -hmm. And we have one of them. 
It's a major it's logistically nightmare. Yeah, yeah. And there's about you know that much width on with some of the especially on the cars. wide hypercars and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's but we're all lot, set up and, we're, and we're, we're ready to go tomorrow. And we're hoping for another good auction, uh, like we always hope for a good auction. Um, we have got, as I say, seventy-six cars. It's, I always say this. I say this a lot on podcasts. But what I like about any auction is when you've got quite a widespread of budgets. So in this, you know, you might get away with spending as little as thirty, forty thousand. Yeah, yeah. I say little. I can't afford thirty thousand, but you know, it's 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 affordable, uh, right up to a few million. And we've or got more. Uh, Short wheelbase. Yeah, and we've got what I don't know, seventy or eighty years worth of yeah cars. Uh, the history of cars represented in what we've got for sale. So, all good. Now, what we've done is we have done a little bit of prep because if we did no prep at all and we were just to wing this, <laughs> we're going to look bad, aren't we? There's no, there's no two ways about it. We're we might gonna, still. We're going to look like the amateurs that we are. So, we've identified a few cars and well, I think w w we've tried to get a little bit of a cross-section mm. of, of, of everything that we've got going on. But we can't not talk about the star car. It's on the front of the catalogue. Uh, you saw it at the opening of the show, the 250 short wheelbase. Now, it's not cheap, is it? It's not cheap. You're but gonna have, have, You're going to have to have quite deep pockets if you want to take it, it home. But it, it can't be cheap. I mean, first of all, it is, well, it's always going to be subjective. To me, it is the iconic Ferrari as a model in general. And then this is arguably perhaps one of the most important individual cars from that series of cars, the, the 250 short wheelbase. Well, I'm just so... He's Mr. Aston Martin, isn't he? I, in a big way. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I like Aston Martin. Yeah, okay. I, I like All Aston right. Martin. Uh, so, 250 short wheelbase, you've got very, very deep pockets, uh, Felix. Let's just pretend <laughs> that your music career had been better. <laughs> Hard to harsh, imagine. Harsh. And, the, <laughs> and that um, you have got, you got, a, you got a few million to spend. DB4 Zagato, 250 short wheelbase. What are you buying? Because well, quite si similar-ish, right, to look at, the aesthetic, the, the lines. Ish. Very similar um, rear quarter. Very yes. similar. Yeah. Yes. Um, I would say I have to, I mean, for commercial reasons, I have to say the Ferrari, but that wouldn't yeah. be true. Um, I would really would love people to come and buy this incredible piece of history. Yeah. Um, and I do think it deserves to make a great money, but I have to say the Zagato because... Because you're Mr. Aston Martin. Well, I just think they're beautiful. They are so beautiful. They and are. There's, there's, and and I'll tell you why. Cool. There's one DB4 GC Zagato with an open headlight, and it looks like a short wheelbase, and it looks really strange. But the quintessential shape of the DB4 GT Zagato closed headlight it's just it's just that slight bit more streamlined but having said that six cylinders though six cylinders I mean, versus 12 i would go for the short wheelbase but 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 that said i i will admit the the zagato does have one major thing going for it it's rarer i mean the short wheelbase is a rare car but however means. we're not it's worth saying we're not selling it deep before zagato are we we're not <laughs> but but calling on anyone but i would, that would i would like i would go for the short <laughs> wheelbase between the two i would 
But yeah. that's good. Then we're not bidding against each other. No, exactly. In that dream scenario where we have yeah. all the cash yeah. in the world. I, I was uh, having uh, a little bit of pasta and some vino with Tony, the, our esteemed colleague, Tony van Velden, last night. And he said, short wheelbase over a 250 GTO. He said, I'm taking the short wheelbase. So I would, I would controversial. definitely agree with Tony on that. I, feel, I mean, look. The GTO is, uh, no, I mentioned the word rarity. So, okay, the GTO is rarer than the short wheelbase, sure. The GTO, you also can't deny, it is, it is the ultimate incarnation of any 250, absolutely. And is also, probably because of that, more valuable. But I would actually prefer the short wheelbase. Um, I think it's prettier. Controversial, probably, but I actually think it's a lot prettier than the GTO is, and also it's it's. I mean, I know. It, I mean, this has got a low low estimate of of nine million euros. I know it's not exactly a car. When you you say low. Through. That's not a low number. Well, no, but I mean the low <laughs> low to high. Yeah, 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 the yeah, low yeah. is nine million euros. No, no, so no, I know it's not a car you go you go shopping in. But it, but I'm still going to say the short wheelbase is also a lot more usable than is a GTO. A GTO is a pure race car. And driving it is, is, is going to be exhilarating. I'm but I've driven a GTO. I'm just getting that out there. I just wanted everyone to know that. Yeah, well, I've driven a I short wheelbase. I tell a lot I'd of people that when I'm in the pub. I've of course you I've do. driven of a course GTO. You. I have not, but I have driven a short wheelbase. And, and it's actually uh, very usable, uh, surprisingly usable. Um, and I'd almost go as far as saying for, for a high-performance GT car, a sports car of that era, I'd almost go as far as saying it's even comfortable. Well, which the which GTO is not going to be. Which, which is a bonus. Uh, um, or not that you're going to buy it for comfort. No, really. you're not. But let's just, get, let's just get some of the facts out on this car. So it's 1960. It's, it, it's a competizione. Yes. It's, it's, allo got the, it's, it's alloy body. It's alloy bodied. It's um, got the 168B engine, the higher performance engine. Yeah, which is quite rare on, Very a, rare. on, on, on a 1960 um, Very rare. Uh, alloy car. Um, but like so many... Uh, competition cars of that era, or competition cars of any era, the, a lot of the value is tied up in the, its race history, right? It was, it was the race debut for the short wheelbase. This was one of the short wheelbases in that race debut, the 1960 uh, 12 hour Sebring. Came fifth. Did it come fifth? Fifth in class. Fifth in yeah, class. Fifth in class. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was one of the short wheelbases used on the race debut for the short wheelbase car. Um, that's quite significant. And Sebring, I mean, uh, I know Le Mans probably always will run with the Laurels as the most legendary race, but Sebring, frankly, is not far behind. Even for a European, I think Sebring is up mm, there. Definitely. Um, and it, it, I mean, it's fully restored. Uh, I've got a nice little stat here. So buying cars is sometimes the easy bit. I'm not saying buying a car for 11 million is easy. I wish it was easy. But, but, but then, you know, yeah. there's a bit of on cost with cars, isn't there? So uh, my little stat here. Well, it, we say this in the catalogue. It's had some recent detailing work done. Well, no, actually, no. Detailing the, 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 <laughs> detailing work. <laughs> Let me get They this. polished it. So the, the, um, the restoration was a million dollars. A million dollars. It's a bit, isn't it? It's, yes, it's, it, it's not sort of in your pocket pocket change um <laughs> not quite but when you think about the value and how important it is to get it right you know a great restoration particularly nowadays that will last the car for a very long time and also you know the right names attached to a restoration as we know mm. makes a car saleable yeah yeah because if this was restored badly by someone that didn't really know the product um, and, and someone who has even if they did someone who has no name 
Yes, exactly. You know, uh, that would hurt the value of the car. Mm. Uh, you, could, you could argue all day and night whether that's fair or not. Yes. But, but that's the fact. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a agree. friend in Plymouth called Simon. He's got a sort of a little workshop. He does a bit of restoration. Do you think? Probably wouldn't quite fetch the same money. Simon from Plymouth. He, was, he wouldn't have charged a million either. Anyway, I'm not going to give Simon in Plymouth a free plug because that would be uh, inappropriate. <laughs> um, but, it, of course, it's Class K certified. Yeah. Uh, it's eligible for anything and everything. It's matching so numbers on everything. I think with the exception of the gearbox, is that right? The gearbox is the right the correct, it's a correct type yep. and everything, but yep. that does not match. Not surprising, really, for a car that's been used as a race car for, for the beginning of its career. Uh, gearboxes took a bit of a beating. But that's the thing. So competition cars generally, because people, a racing car has a life, right? And a lot of them are like, um, to certain listeners, the, the phrase triggers broom won't mean much. But, you know, no, yeah, you, know yeah. you have a car, something breaks, you throw it away, you put another one. So, and, and uh, you know, you, uh, uh, the engine throws a block a, a bearing through a, the block. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, oh my God, we need another engine. Let's just. And, and that's the thing. I mean, sure, the, the, the gearbox isn't matching, but actually, I'd rather turn it on its head and say, considering it's been a full on race car in the beginning of its career, it's astonishing that there are so many matching numbers on the car. That it's oh, yeah, the yeah. I mean, it's, I mean it, it's, it's yeah. as good. This car is as good as it gets. Yeah. So, yeah. But, okay. So and I have to mention, yes. it might be all about race and performance and blah, blah, blah. God, I love the interior. It is stunning. That green leather interior, it just It looks, is stunning. I know you're not buying the car for a fancy green interior, but I kind of would be. Yeah. I, I love the interior in that thing. You're all about the... Good colours <laughs> The sheen, stuff. aren't you? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. It's, yes. It's just, it's, you're all about the leather. I am. Um, <laughs> Scandinavians, all the time. Uh, all about the leather. Um, so, that's a 1960 car. Uh, what you can't avoid in this auction and increasingly so with our auctions, is the amount of, let's just call it modern stuff, but let, I mean, loosely speaking, sort of post-1990. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we've got a lot of supercars, hypercars. Um, uh, our other interesting stat, um, briefly calculated before we started recording, we've got 76 cars in the sale. Yep. We've got 16 Porsches, and we've got 23 Ferraris. So that is, so more than half of the total cars offered uh, are, are, are... Either Porsche Ferrari or Porsche. In fact, the, the, That's the, astonishing, isn't it? Yeah. The, the run through there, the other side of that screen, is the only cars in there are Ferraris and Porsches. Yes. Um, and then there's still more Ferraris and Porsches in the other room. In, <laughs> yeah. 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 Which is kind of a sign of the times. And uh, those are two very, very strong brands. Yeah. I mean, it's exactly. all about branding, isn't it? And, 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 and um, which... which cars do well in terms of holding their value well there's a lot of branding attached to that and, and you won't find two car uh, manufacturers with better branding than yep. those two yeah and we've got a and 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 you know the the sort of the holy trinity of um uh, hypercars um, are, are something that we you know people look for you know the 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 laugh the the poor the night the Porsche 918. We haven't got a McLaren P1 here, but yeah, we, we have. Yeah. Oh yes, we have. Oh my God, but it hasn't arrived it yet. It hasn't arrived. That's yet. why. But we do have um, the Trinity we, here. We do have the Trinity here, yeah. and um, we've got um, the we've got a trio of cars from a single owner that we've kind of called the ultimate performance collection: uh, a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, 
and afford. And let's just talk a little bit about those because all three of those cars are, um, ex I mean, essentially they're brand new, aren't they? Mm. I mean, I think, you know, they've done mileage wise, yeah. 15 kilometers, 20 kilometers. They've, they've basically not gone anywhere at all. Yeah. Uh, one of which, 2016 LaFerrari. Um, In a quite intriguing color. Yeah. We don't know how many, or at least I don't know how many were in white, but it's white, white laughs are rare. It's going to be rare. It's going um, to be very rare. It's going to be rare. I mean, th we, we've seen... Oh, there it is. We've seen that um, over the recent years that actually it's the cars that are not, the Ferraris that are not red. Yeah. Are the ones that are actually, uh, you know, there was a period where everyone wanted a red it's Ferrari. It's interesting that, isn't it? Because, I mean, like, what, for 40 years or something like that, you couldn't sell a Ferrari if it wasn't red. And, and now it's turned on its head yeah it, it's really interesting so well we sold i mean we sold a white enzo didn't we through um yeah. sealed bids yeah. and but that well, greens that blues yeah. you know all sorts as long as it's not red it, yeah. it's it's funny that yeah but yeah as i was saying the holy trinity you've got the the the, the laferrari the 918 and the p1 they all launched at around the same time and they were they all feature that kind of sort of all f1 derived hybrid technology and um to have all three together in one sale mm. is amazing. Uh, have you ever driven a laugh? I mean, I can't, I can't say it. I mean, I, I technically have, but I've, I've moved one. Yeah, I've moved one as yeah, well. Yeah, I've, I think I drove it on electric power. <laughs> and I think the same for a 918 as well. So Never no, driven a 918. No. But they're cool looking cars. But this one guy that we're, we're selling these, this trio of cars on his behalf, um, I give or take the three cars total about seven million yeah. because the LaFerrari is um, give or take around four million, I guess. Just sure um, we've got a 2018 Lamborghini uh, Centenario. Uh, their their million, isn't it? Roadster, one of their anniversary cars. One yeah, of 20. That, that's, yeah, one of, yeah, and uh, three to four million. And we've got uh, the Ford GT. A carbon uh, series uh, car. Yep, a, li a, li a little less, a million aprox for that. Um, all super low mileage, lovely specs, lovely colours. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, and at the moment, and we've seen for the, in recent years, not, not here because we've got the short wheelbase, but quite often these sort of moderately new hypercars, they're very often now the stars of the show, aren't they? Yeah, it's very you much know, They're, they're the most the valuable cars that we, it, 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 that we offer. Yeah. yeah. Well, we just... It's part of this massive generational shift that's happening because, yeah. you know, whilst, whilst people are still enthusiastically buying pre-war cars all, and of all ages, you would say that a large demographic is buying more modern cars because mm. ultimately we are se we're selling to people who are buying their bedroom wall dream. Yeah. Um, and your poster car. Yeah, the poster car. So if, you, if you're 35 and you've come into some money, it's highly likely that you're coming and buying something from 95 onwards, you yeah. know. There's not yeah. many 35-year-olds today who, who had a uh, Aston Martin DB3S. No. We might sit here and agree that it's the coolest thing ever, but they didn't have that hanging on their wall yeah. uh, when they were 15 mm. years old, you know, 20 yeah. years back. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and I, but what I find interesting is that it's not going to be long before, you know, a LaFerrari is a 10-year-old 
car. Yeah. You, you, you know, and, and it's the, the, the time moves so quickly. So the cars that you think are still kind of modern and absolutely the cutting edge, you, you bat an eyelid and already they're 10 years old or they're 20 yeah. years old. And the technology is old. moving really quickly at the moment as well. So you would, I would argue that a 10-year-old laugh is going to feel older than, say, maybe, say, a Porsche 959 did when it was 10 years old. It, a 10-year-old 959 was still fairly cutting edge mm. when, it, when it, that was 10 years old. A laugh won't be. Yeah. No, well, they're all going to be f full EVs. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's, a, that's another topic. Okay. So three great um, supercars, hypercars. So here's a, here's a thing. When is a supercar not a supercar? When is a supercar a hypercar? I'm going to leave that to Discuss. the youngest man here because I wouldn't have Discuss. a Discuss. If it's like... I would say the supercars, I think, to me, hypercar came when the LaFerrari and the McLaren P1 and the 918, and maybe a... Is a Veyron not a hypercar? I would... Do you know what? I would say so. Anazonda. Yep. I think there's just a, there's a, there's a slightly different echelon, and it's really extreme, mm. you know, really insane power. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something that you really can't actually... Use. <laughs> Use. Um, honest. But I would say a Carrera GT and an Enzo are supercars. They're still crazily fast. Mm. Um, but I don't know. There's, I, I don't know how and what makes the distinction. But Yeah. Well, you know, I just... I, I'd, I just I'd buy into yeah. that. I'll I, ponder on. Yeah, yeah. you pon yeah. ponder that. I'm sure the listeners will be interested. I, I'd actually he, buy into... I mean, I, I can't really define it myself, not any better than you just did, but I'd actually buy into how you class them. I, w I would actually probably mm. do the same. I would say, yeah, like, like an Enzo, it's, it's, it's a supercar. Mm. It's one of the most extreme and sort of supercars they probably ever made, but it's still a supercar, not a hypercar. Yeah, 991 uh, GT2 RS, which has the black record at the Nürburgring, is a supercar. It's not a hypercar. So why is it? There's something incredibly fast, but I wouldn't call it a hypercar. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, we're not going to resolve that, are we? Uh, so let's just move on. Next car, because time waits for no man or woman. Uh, Felix, you're unashamedly going to say uh, that you, this is one of your cars of the, uh, of the sale. Let's talk about, let's move on to some Porsches because we've got, we got quite a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> or certainly on to a Porsche. 1993, 3.6 mm. turbo. Mm. Yes. What do we want to say about that? Um, I think it's... I've got two words for you. Bad, bad boys. boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, uh, it's become a cultural icon. Um, they are amazing cars. Um, you know, the... Widowmaker, if you if you like, um, we're continuing on from the three liter from '75. Um, it's one of those things that's happened gradually over the last ten years that people have really woken up to them and how amazing they are. And they only built them for a very short amount of time. I think yeah. it was only eighteen months, starting in '93. And it's you know why Testarossa is so popular. Why do people love uh, DB5s? They are you know. They're, they're so relatable because they're actually kind of a, almost a household car. You know, yeah. people know, people will look at that who aren't into, into cars and they go, it looks like the bad boys. What you're saying yeah. is you turn up at a 
you know, pub, wine bar, restaurant, you're going to get respect in a 3.6 turbo. You are. I, I, I think, think so. so. You yeah. know, I mean, and, I and, and also to bike. drive. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> the 3.6 was a. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not going to say anything bad about a, a, a 964 Turbo 3.3. They're, they're lovely cars as well. But there was actually quite a big step when they went from the 3.3 to the 3.6. Arguably, maybe the 3.6 was the car that the 964 Turbo should have always been. Uh, they, it, it is a. But I, I, I actually think that the 964 Turbo, whether it's a 3.3 or a 3.6, I act, for my money, it's the best looking Porsche Turbo. Uh, better than a better looking than a 930, but I, I prefer it to the 993. Mm. I just think it, I, the the 3.6 because it's got those immense speedline alloys yeah, the, and stuff. The, 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 you know, it's got they're a, lovely. It's, they, and and then this car, the color, my yeah. god, yeah. oak green metallic, and not just oak green metallic, but then it's got the green leather interior as well. Doesn't get better in my book. It really doesn't. Well, get we better. talked about we've talked about color, haven't we? And color, color is important. Color is probably more important in the market today than has ever been before. I agree totally. Uh, we we mentioned it on the Ferraris, but I think across the board, mm -hmm. there can be a significant premium attached to a car with what is perceived as the right color. Yeah. In the current uh, market, and, and, and I think oak green metallic is very much the right color. Green on green, and uh, interesting though, if you really want to be a bad boy. You're going to have to go black on black, aren't you? And 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 so you know. But I'd rather it, have the green. It, you'd, but you'd rather go green on green. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Fair I, I'm I'm not bad enough to drive a black on black. Uh, you're not. You're, not. No. Yeah. you're a good boy, aren't you? <laughs> but they are. They really are. They are amazing cars. And also, they had such success with, um, you know, with the 964 Turbo S LM. Um, it's mm. kind of derived yeah. from that yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and it's just yeah. They're so over-engineered. They are. They're just brilliant cars. They just look cool. They do. And this one, fundamentally, and what it comes down to. Yeah. And and this we're, one we're very, to me very is, is is probably the best of them all. Mm. Well, I don't know. You can't say that. But it's 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 up there. Yeah. It's it's. But we have got some great cars out there. We're not we're not we won't talk too much about them. But you know we've got you know we've got a 911R. We've got a GT2. We've got a GT3 Touring. We've got a. We've got 911s Classic, from across got, the whole. We've got an yeah. early soft uh, soft window. Uh, Targa S. Targa uh, S. Yeah. We got you know it, all 911s mm. from. from from yep. really early to yep. pretty much and, current uh, models. Yeah, no, it's 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 a proper Porsche fest here. So it is. Um, anyone who loves Porsches, get yourself to Paris uh, and register Quick time. to bid. Register to bid, obviously. Um, okay. Um, now we talked hypercars, and one of the it's another star of the show because so we couldn't not talk about it, and it's had quite a lot of pre-sale publicity. But it's um, the Chiron. Mm. Amazing piece of technology. La mer agente. Well done. Translated means? Blue sea. No, it doesn't. No, silver sea. Silver sea. Oh, my God. What colour is it? Sea. Oh, my God. Silver sea. Seriously. Yeah, that, that, we shouldn't have done it live. <laughs> Told you. Uh, oh, there, there it is. Look, it's very, very... I mean, it's not just silver, is it? It's, it's chrome. Chrome yeah. silver. Um, absolutely incredible thing in the metal, isn't it? It's... it's, it's yeah, you, you, you're not going to walk... Buy it and not notice, are you? Mm. <laughs> it's yeah, it is an amazing looking thing. Now you've actually, you know, you had a little drive in that, didn't you? It's a stunt. I mean, look from yeah, you were doing thirty-five miles an hour, if that. It, but <laughs> no, it's the the engineering that's gone into that thing is astonishing. How 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 you can make that much power and just make it so tractable as well is is astonishing. Um, 
that's got to impress. And then, and then this particular Chiron, um, I think, just has an interesting history as well, which is nice because, I mean, I tend to prefer classic classics, proper classics, old classics, because I like the history. Because you're uh, old. Because I'm old. Yeah, old kid. But, <laughs> but I find the more modern collectible cars, they, they can be all impressive, and, but, but there's rarely much history to them. This one actually has a bit of a story to tell, which, which I think makes it a bit more charming. It's, it's one of the... Uh, when they delivered the last Veyron, it was the Veyron finale, and they, did, they made one car, and they gave it to one really important client. And then they had two clients who thought they were the, meant to have had it, so they got up upset. So when they came out with the Chiron, they came with the first three cars simultaneously and delivered them to the three most important clients. Um, and this was one of those three. So it's one of the first three cars delivered. Yep. Um, and then the other two have since been sold on, making this one the Chiron in the world that's been in longest single ownership. Which yeah, is which, kind of a which, nice which is very cool. And it's got that unusual grill on the front yes, as well, which yes. is not unique on a Chiron, but there are three. It's one of three. One of three with um, that grill. And it's been updated at the factory to sports specification, which of course it wouldn't have been being a 17 car, one of the first. It was a, yeah. should we say, a regular Chiron. But in 19, when the sport came, it went back to the factory and they upgraded it to sports spec. They fitted that grill. Um, they spent 100 and, was it 157 or 8,000 euros just on the upgrade. And it's it is worth saying because it's no secret that the, the chrome finish is not actually that's not paint that's wrap, but it was done at the factory. At the factory, yes. Yeah, well, factory. you can't really yep. chrome uh, carbon fiber, can you? No. So, but they wanted to give it the the polished alloy look. Yeah. Um, so, so that is a wrap, but it's a factory wrap. Well, an, a, a, a 2017 Chiron to a 1926. Bugatti Type 40. Let's just talk a little bit about that because, um, as we said right at the beginning, one of the nice things about this sale is that it's, it, it spans a lot of um, eras. Now, Bugatti really became a legend before the war. You know, in the night, you know, the, the, the golden era in a way was the 1920s when they were kind of winning everything. Mm. Um, type 35, you know, type, type, type 37, and, yeah. and, and so on and so forth. Um, the, the Type 40 essentially uses the same engine as the uh, Type 37. It's the four cylinder, it's not the six cylinder. 1.4, 5 litre rather, 1.5 litre. You, you can't get into a pre war Bugatti. Really, you can't really get into one for much less money than the, the estimate on this car. You know, no. uh, sub two hundred thousand pound Bugattis that are, uh, you know, have a lot of originality to them. Yes, not 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 really sub two hundred thousand pound cars. And the Type Forty is two hundred to two fifty. Two hundred to two fifty. So it's yeah. great. It's great value. value. And it's great value. And you can do. You know, you can you can take part in all the Bugatti rallies and tours with this car. It's it's a brilliant entry ticket into that and and it's actually at the same time while it's while it's while we can talk about it being a cheap entry ticket into bugatti ownership it's actually still a really nice car we've gone through it and uh, many of the numbers match up i mean some of these bugattis are real bitsers that doesn't mean that they're bad to drive but they're real yeah. bitsers and it does affect the value this one it's got i mean the chassis and the engine uh, the crankcase the head uh, engine head all match up the gearbox matches 
so there's a lot of things that match up. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a lot of, particularly actually, the, you know, a predecessor to the Type 40, the Brescia, the Type 13s. Yeah. One of my favourite pre-war cars because they're just so good. But actually, most of them are essentially brand new. I mean, a lot of them have got... Yeah. Um, a, a, a two or three original components, and uh, but this car is much much better than that. It is, and, it is a really it, good car. And it's car. a really, you know, and it's all about the kudos of the badge, isn't it? It's yeah. that horseshoe radiator. It's where the legend of Bugatti kind of all started, and, and kind and of the I, right colour as well at the same time. You know, it's yeah. got that classic and, well, Bugatti blue. And and um, Bugatti's have, there's a lot of common details that span a. a you know, a big range of their pre-war cars, like those beautiful steering wheels, four-spoke mm. wheels with that very delicate wooden rim. Yeah. Uh, just so lovely. And it, it kind of, you only really find that on French cars, I think. This is well. getting really geeky, but I, I love the machining of the uh, front axle. Yeah. They, they're just, there's just something about them. The front axle, it's very geeky. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to shut up now. Well, no, we like, <laughs> but we like that. And I think, you know, talking about the Chiron, which is kind of where we're at, today with the Bugatti brand and sort of going back to, to, to the pre-war days, which is where the, the legend really, you know, all happened. You know, that's where the, it, it was made, the, the, all of that competition history. And yeah. Fantastic. Okay, so we also have another quite big collection of cars that we're calling the Timeless Collection. Um, that's really interesting too, because that, in fact, that collection in itself spans 70 years of automotive history. So we've got um, we've got some really amazing pre-war cars, uh, right the way up, sort of you know post-war Ferraris. Um, so a really interesting collection. And wh what's quite uh, important about that is that a lot of the cars, particularly the pre-war, really represent kind of peak engineering for that period. You know, Rolls Royce, Ghost, Phantoms, uh, but in particular, I, I thought we we sh could talk about Hispano Suiza uh, because it's a company that a lot of people today don't really know anything about. True. It, you know, you can go to you know reasonably well-informed car fans and say, "What do you think about Hispano Suizas?" And a lot of them will just give you a blank look. And of course, other than Seat one of Spain's most um, uh, famous uh, uh, motor manufacturers. Yeah. So we, we, we've got a couple, but we're going to talk about, and it's on the screen at the moment, we're going to talk about the, J, the J12. And the J12 um, has got the 12-cylinder uh, the engine, which is a magnificent piece of engineering. And, they, and that's the thing with Hispano Suiza. It's, well... It is worth saying that the brand kind of does still exist. It doesn't really have any bear or relationship to the... It's been relaunched. It, and they're making an EV. So, so some people that have got their ears to the ground will, will be aware of the fact that Hispano Suiza does uh, still exist. But Hispano... But do those people know about the history? Well, I don't know. Some might. I suppose if you were going to buy one, you'd, might, you'd probably do yeah, a bit probably. of research. But, but the, it's, it, Hispano Suiza effectively means um, Spanish-Swiss. Um, I'm not sure whether I'm. This is just me now. Lack of knowledge, but I'm not Here sure whether because it, it's more it's more Spanish French as a brand because they had factories in Spain and in France. Um, and do you know why the emblem is that um, stork? Because that is the emblem of the Alsace region of France. And do you know why they use that? Because. Hispano made, famously, during the First World War, a lot of fighter aircraft had Hispano engines. 
uh, and a French fighter race that came from Alsace uh, famously flew uh, an Hispano-engined plane, and that's why they use... I, I'm led to believe that's why they use the stalk. Is any of what you've just said true? No. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I just literally made all of that up on the spot. Well done. I'm, I'm impressed. Do you want more, 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 Hispano, more Hispano trivia? So Can we see now? First World War, yeah. fighter planes. We've all heard of the Red Baron, haven't we? Yeah, Baron yes. von Richthofen. Yes. German fighter race, red triplane, Fokker triplane. What shot the Red Baron down? What, what killed him? Certainly not a Hispano. A stork think? with a, a gun. Stork. No, it wasn't a stork with a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Could have been. Uh, it, was a Brit it was a British aircraft called an SE 5A. Is this anything related to Hispano? Or have you just gone into some World War I trivia? An, an SE 5 had an Hispano V8 engine. And do you know the other thing about Hispano fighter, fighter planes? I'm, I'm We're not selling a fighter plane. I'm going to go home. Please. The, the prop shaft. Oh the my. propeller, it was hollow, so you could fire your machine gun through the front of the propeller. Because what, what was the problem with a lot of fighter planes? You had to fire your machine guns through the propeller blades. So you had to sink, the in, you had to sink it so the bullets didn't shoot your propeller off. Would have been unfortunate. Didn't have to do that with a Hispano engine. Just um, clever. Uh, but I'll sleep better at night knowing all this stuff. <laughs> the... Uh, but they, they did make fantastic cars, and they're beautifully they engineered. Yeah. The engines are fantastic, and uh, it's, just a, it's just a mark that a lot of people don't know a huge amount about, and we've got a couple in the auction, and uh, the j Shame we haven't got a Picasso. Sorry? Shame we haven't got a Picasso. A Picasso? No. Oh, a Picasso. Oh, a Picasso. A Pag Picasso. Another Spanish car. Yeah, true. Oh, I missed that, didn't I? It's not just Seat. No, it's not. They're not just Seat. No, but Seat. Oh, the top still. <laughs> <laughs> they absolutely are. Cupra are. Yeah, great. All over, all over it. Um, okay, look, we're going to have to, we're going to have to come to an end now. But we're going to go ordinarily. If we start talking about Fiat 500s, we would sort of drop in value terms. We'd drop down to sort of, you know, quite significantly. Yeah, we'd yeah. be talking, you know, from twenty thousand euros, or depending on what it is. If it's a jolly, you'd pay a bit more. But we've actually got. Uh, I just need to check. It's 270 to 290,000 euros Fiat 500. That's, that's a lot of cash for that's a lot of, 500. But there's a reason, isn't there? There is. And I've got to say, for starters, it's just really, really charming. It looks there it magnificent. Is, look. No doors. Yeah, I know. No roof. And, and, it, and it looks like, you know, the jollies, are, it still looks like a Fiat 500 that you've chopped a bit off. I mean, they're great, cool little beach cars, but it's still a Fiat 500. This one, you wouldn't know it was a Fiat 500. It has garden furniture in the cockpit. Always a plus. Uh, which, uh, those wonderful sort of, uh, would you call that wicker work? I suppose you were rattan, is yeah. it? I'm not very good. Something like that. Um, but, it, but the point is with this. History. It's one of three, I believe, with this bodywork. One two. of two. two. Is it one I of think two? two? With the uh, Buono, uh, Mario, Mario Buono uh, bodywork. Spiagina. Yes. Buono. Um, and it was owned by Giano Agnelli, who was the Fiat boss, industrialist. Um, the playboy tycoon. of all times. Yes. Arguably. Yes, exactly. I don't think well, anybody... Well, I don't know. I put myself up there. <laughs> I'm sure you would. Did anybody ever do playboy better than Agnelli? Um, Being a playboy as opposed to publishing it. 
that's being, being, being a, playboy. a playboy. Yeah, and and it, well, he's he's Agnelli cars are sort of becoming a micro market of their own, aren't they? Very much because so. he had a lot of special one and boats or, uh, and boats and sort of anything that he. Uh, touched and he's very stylish his fashion have you ever seen pictures of him skiing yeah ridiculously stylish yeah much like felix when he's skiing um not quite as stylish as felix have you um but but i mean it's kind of one of the cars it's the car in the in the auction that everyone no matter what you know what what you're into stops and goes that's amazing mm. it's just yeah. such a cool thing it is i mean what would make it really cool famously is if it had a j12 hispano in it. <laughs> Um, well, if only Fiat had made um, First World War fighter jets, <laughs> and then I could have just that would talked be endlessly <laughs> about that. Um, <laughs> fighter jets? Did yeah. I say First World War fighter jets? Yes. Probably didn't exist. Did no, no, that fighter planes. That would, have, yeah, um, that would have finished the war quite quickly. <laughs> yeah, that would have ended the Done. First World War. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been brilliant. Um, but and if you've got a if you've got a yacht in um, you know Saint Tropez or, or Southampton, or Southampton, <laughs> Bogner. <laughs> or, 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 well, uh, perhaps your yacht's in Southampton and your villa is in Bognor. <laughs> a more likely scenario. <laughs> a typical scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, why wouldn't you keep your yacht in Bognor? I didn't think that through, did I? Yeah, exactly. Um, but th- that's a kind of like for, for somebody <laughs> with a bit of money and a, and, and, and a villa that's not in Bognor, somewhere more glamorous. Mm. That's what you're saying. Skegness. Yeah. Have you been to Skegness? I have. I was there in, uh, oh, I was there in December. It's, it's a life-changing experience. It really is. I'll, I, I'll never go anywhere better. Um, <laughs> I'll never go anywhere better. Well, odd you didn't choose it for your honeymoon, but yeah. there we go. <laughs> Perhaps you only discovered it after you got married. I don't know. Uh, but look, gents, I think um, we've... What, do you think... How I think this has gone well. Oh, it hasn't, I would has it? say this has gone very well. First off, I didn't know that... I, I, I forgot we had a, a, a P1 in the sale. So that just, you know, shows a basic level of ignorance. Um, and we've probably said a million things that are wrong. I've just Mostly lied... you, though. I've just lied endlessly about Hispanos. <laughs> just because I thought it might be interesting. Uh, and it is... But it is our first live podcast, so... Give us some slack. You need to cut us some slack. Yeah. But thank you. You're, you're welcome. You. Is yeah. it time to go Pleasure. and... Uh, uh, I haven't drunk my juice even, but I, I, juice. I, I, th- I think I'm going to need a, a beer now, perhaps. I'll join you. Um, great. Thank you very much. And I'm just going to look at the camera and I'm going to say to our audience, thank you for joining us. I also need to say, you need to uh, register to bid. You also need to um, re- uh, like our podcast, subscribe. You need to go to uh, Apple, iTunes, anywhere you get your podcast. You need to go to YouTube, subscribe on YouTube. You need to do it all, obviously. That was smooth, wasn't it? Not really. I delivered that with a certain amount of... Pizzazz. Pizzazz Pizzazz. class. Thank you for joining us, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the conversation, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.